The preseason is officially over, but sadly for the Clippers, it didn't come without a casualty as Bones Highland was absolutely cooking the Denver Nuggets on Wednesday night before, on Thursday night, I'm sorry, before he went down with an ankle injury. Going to be talking about the performances of everyone, Bones Highland's injury, what that means and a summary of the postseason on a preseason on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Vaziri, born and raised in L.A. and just finished the 19th preseason as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper for even more LA Clipper and LA Sports content and Locked On Clippers free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And you let me know how big of a loss do you think Bones Highland is if he is out for a couple of weeks. And we're going to be talking about Busy Bones' performance, the performance of the entire team, what the injury means, and a summary of the way the Clippers have played in the preseason and just how it's gone in general. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book, the place to go to bet on anything sports. you got the NBA season right around the corner. NFL is in full bloom. MLB World Series coming up. You name it, FanDuel's got it. But let's get into the game, another game in which I was at attendance or in attendance, which I'm going to be saying a lot this season. As I've mentioned, this is the first season I have season tickets and I'm just ready for these games to matter again. I'm ready to get a little bit nervous at these games. It's just so interesting because believe it or not, before this preseason, I'd never been to preseason basketball. I am a known hater of preseason anything. But in this one, we were treated to Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, four of the five starters, the only one being Michael Porter Jr., who didn't play for the Denver Nuggets. And then for the Clippers, no Kawhi, no Russ, no Paul George. They started with Ivica Zubats, Robert Covington, Terrence Mann, Bones Highland, and Norman Powell. And I was just really happy to hear that Paul George, Russ, and Kawhi were going to be rested. I know. Insane. Me saying that I'm happy to hear that they're being rested, but that means that knock on wood again, I'm going to keep knocking with those three, and it seems as though it's working so far. I didn't knock for bones, though. Shame on me. But I keep knocking that if they don't get any injury in in practice the next couple of days, then we will have Russ, Kawhi, and Paul healthy for opening night and for the first time in the 213 era, we will have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George starting in a home opener. I know that's crazy, but it's true. But if you don't remember, Paul George injured the first season, coming off the shoulder surgery. Second season, Kawhi Leonard had that facial contusion against the Denver Nuggets on Christmas. So he didn't play in the home opener against Dallas where there was no fans anyway, and we got destroyed by 50. Then the following season, the last two I've been at, 
2021-22, we played against Memphis, but Kawhi obviously was out with the torn ACL. And then last season, we played the Suns, and Kawhi came off the bench in the second quarter. So not the same as having them introduced as starters, ready to go with no real restrictions. And that's what it looks like we are going towards on Wednesday, and I could not be more ecstatic about that. But in this game, the Clippers bench unit was competing with the Denver Nuggets starters. Now, granted, one of Rocco and Terrence, I believe, will be starting. Apparently, it's going to be announced on Friday, but I don't know if I believe that. It may be the day before the season or maybe even the day of, but it's supposed to be announced on Friday. I saw Janice Carr, who is a beat writer, forget for what publication, say that on Twitter and someone retweeted it that on Friday we're going to find out who the fifth starter is. I can't wait. From everything we're seeing in preseason, it looks like it's going to be either Rocco or Terrence. Nico just, he's kind of washed now, I hate to say it. He's still going to be, a, I think, a contributing factor off the bench. But he might be the 11th man. KJ Martin seems like he's getting more favor than him in terms of minutes so far in the preseason, and he is so much younger. And playing Robert Covington hopefully fulfills the void that Nico will be leaving by not playing. Now, when I say not playing, I don't mean not play at all this season and end up being like Rocco last season. I think the second one person is out, in this case with Bones Highland, he's a rotation player that would be ahead of Nico. Now that he's out, that slots Nico right in. And there's no, that's a perfect role for him. A utility guy can come in at the open three, high basketball IQ, won't do too much, plays, I'm not going to say plays great defense anymore because in the preseason and last season, he definitely looked like he had taken a step down, really in all aspects, but defensively he's one of them. Preseason, he didn't look that impressive defensively, but that being said, I watched him play in the World Cup and there were some games where he was really playing decent defensively. Even the game against Shea Gilgis-Alexander in Canada where France got blown out. When he was guarding SGA, and if you recall, I did an episode on it at the time for Lockdown Clippers, he was doing a pretty good job fighting over screen. So if we have defensive issues, which I don't think we'll have if we play Terrence the right amount, don't play Marcus Morris, play, I mean, Kawhi and Paul are healthy, and Russ is focused, and you see similar effort. I don't think you're going to see the exact same effort you saw against the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs because naturally you go to a different level in the playoffs. But if we can see that kind of chasing over screens consistently and the effort on the glass and just paying attention off the ball, which, you know, Russ off the ball has never been a great defender, but just paying a little bit more attention, that will go a long way. And if we get those things, I think we're going to be a very good defensive team. Top five, like Kawhi and Ty Lue have said they want to strive for. We'll see. I'm not going to sit here and predict that. I'm still a little suspect on the point of attack defense for the Clips, and that's one of the major reasons why I don't want to trade Terrence, because especially if we have Nico not really playing as much, and he's been one of our best, if not our best, point of attack defender for the last two years, Terrence Mann was second. And when I say this, I'm counting Paul George and Kawhi as not guarding those guys for the majority of the game. Of course, they're right in there. If anything, Kawhi is probably the best one on the team. Guarding the guy, you know, the best defender, or sorry, the best player, fighting over screens. Paul, not bad either by any stretch. But those aren't the guys we're going to deploy on these players for the majority of games. And so that's why I've said Terrence Mann should start. But the way Robert Covington's looked so far 
in preseason, I wouldn't mind starting him. Our point of attack defense would be a little bit on the weaker side because I think Terrence is just better moving his feet and fighting over screens at this stage. He's a little more mobile, better laterally. Roko is really good in terms of help. But because Roko next to Kawhi and Paul will just be so much length, size, and athleticism that will be shrinking the floor and shrinking passing angles that you think might be there and available, but they're not. As far as this game, Bones Highland was the star. He was getting wherever he wanted to on the court. He was aggressive going to the basket, not settling for too many threes, and still his three ball was yet to you know, fall. But he only shot two of them in this game, 0 for 2, but he was 10 for 13 from 2, 10 for 15 overall in the game. And it wasn't just that. He wasn't over-dribbling as much. Still a little bit sometimes. He is a little bit of a street ball kind of hot dog kind of player sometimes. Not sometimes. He is a street ball kind of player, but he can hot dog it sometimes, meaning hold the ball too long. But he was getting, he's so quick off the bounce. Like he, and he has the ball on a string. Great handle. And even when Jokic and certain bigs are coming up hedging the screens, so they're sending two defenders at him, he wasn't panicking. He was patient, keeping his head up at all times and his dribble tight. It's much easier to keep your head up when you trust your handle. That's really what it comes down to. Keeping his handle, both hands, by the way, going both ways. And finding the open man, whether it be Zoo on a roll, Zoo on a shorter roll, kicking it to the corner. There was one read that got me going crazy in my seat where the Nuggets, who are very good at taking away the roller when Jokic comes out to hedge the screens. Because Jokic, he doesn't really play. You saw a little bit of drop coverage last playoffs. But traditionally, especially against us, they love for Jokic to come out on the screen and then use whatever big forwards they have on the back line to take away that first pass and make you make the tougher pass to the corner shooter. And Bones Highland had one where he looked at the roller and swung it to the opposite corner to Terrence for what I believe was his only made three of the game. But Bones was just electric. Some moves where he was getting in the paint, it looked like he was stopped, but he would keep his pivot foot and have great usage of footwork to step through. One time he finished with a right hand, another time finished with a left hand. There was even another time in transition where he got bumped. I thought there was no chance the shot would go in, and he was leaning backwards, off balance, going to his left, and threw it up and still had the strength to bank it in. Remember, Bones Highland apparently, according to our broadcast teams, has put 11 pounds of muscle on. Well, it looks like it on both ends of the floor so far, but then the classic... Clipper, luck or lack of it, occurs. The bad luck. Bones Highland goes down with an injury. Going to tell you how I was feeling when I saw it, what it means, and what the initial reports are saying coming up. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. 
There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Is no better time to bet right now with the World Series in full effect. Soccer is going on around the world. You've got the NFL. You've got the NBA ready to start. It's the best time. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The Locked On Ultimate NBA Season Preview is here. A six-episode series with 30, all 30, of our Locked On NBA team shows. From contenders to tankers, we go in-depth into the biggest storylines heading into the season. Catch all six episodes on Locked On NBA on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And look, where were the Clippers ranked? You're going to have to see the video and episode is on the channel Okay, spoiler alert, they put us in the second tier. The first tier was like Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Denver, and Phoenix. And then the second tier, the one I was involved in, was the Warriors, the Lakers, which surprised honestly that they had the Lakers second. I figured they would put them first, but Miami still got the respect. But the Lakers, Clippers, Sixers, and Cavaliers alongside the Warriors. That was our crew. So check it out. Always fun to collab with other Locked On hosts. And I did there. But let's talk about the real, real unfortunate news. And and Bones Highland, I mean, he was playing so well. And even on defense, he's been fighting over every screen in preseason. He's clearly trying to prove a point. And man, when I see Norman Powell... And the way he has complete tunnel vision and often doesn't see the open man and gets caught in the air, which is a big no-no fundamentally. Everyone used to always say, as the coaches used to always tell me, you never want to leave your feet for a pass. And Norm is always looking to score. So sometimes when he realizes he might get blocked or the shot's not there, he looks to jump pass. And it doesn't usually end well. And Norm had a couple of miscues and bad passes in this one where he just got stuck you know, driving. He had two turnovers. But yeah, some tunnel vision in this one for Norm, as as normal, but no pun intended. But Bones Highland was the star. And the, the reason why I brought up Norm and his lack of playmaking, so to speak, is because Bones Highland, it gives him the license, really, when that second unit's on the floor. Now, granted, he's usually going to be playing alongside Paul or Kawhi. We usually stagger them. So you're going to have one of them out there. But besides that, guy whoever it is Paul or Kawhi Bones is our next ball handler with Russ on the bench and he is good at it he's a good passer he is getting better as a decision maker he is getting more comfortable in the pick and roll and you only get more comfortable with reps and confidence given to you by the coaching staff and your teammates and everything we've seen in training camp indicates that not only do the coaches seem to believe in him highly, but guys like Kawhi have publicly mentioned him several times in what his role is going to be and the importance that they feel he will have for this Clippers season. And I just love what I'm seeing from him. He adds pace. The big knock on him is defense and efficiency. Look, he may not be efficient shooting the ball all the time, I think if he limits the contested threes and continues to attack and go to the rim, because let's be honest, without hand-checking him, you cannot stop the guy. You cannot. Let's see how he gets officiated, but he's too quick off the bounce. 
and he's put on a little bit of weight, so hopefully that'll help him finish around the rim. Law Murray posted a stat that he was finishing 81% in the paint in the preseason. So again, he hasn't had his three ball falling, but he's been great around the rim. Now, I don't want to overreact too much to preseason. I'm not going to take those four-game stats where he's playing against B-League competition relative to the NBA. B-League. She made up my new league. But, you know, the B teams from Utah and Denver, we only played two teams. It's, it's no sample size to, to get too hyped off of. But I believe that Bones will be more efficient. The main thing is not the efficiency for me. It's can you be decent defensively and do you do things that help us win even when your shot's not falling? And I'm starting to see that I think Bones will actually help when his shot's not falling more than Norm. The thing about Norm is he usually is efficient. If you look at his stats last season, he was very efficient. He got to the line. But that foul baiting thing, sometimes he gets caught with it. Last season, he was given a very generous whistle, and he often didn't get caught turning the ball over or messing up because of the foul baiting. But he really does look to get fouled all the time when he feels just a bit of contact. And right now, teams in the preseason, and this is going to be what he sees all season, they know he struggles going to his left. They know he's so good turning the corner going to his right. They are all icing him and shading him to that side. They want him to go that way. One of his counters is he pulls up for three because they really do give him that space. So Norm, I don't think that that going left three ball is going to be bad when the season starts. Look, he has not been shooting well. He did not have a good preseason. He did not have a good start to last season. I hope it doesn't continue. And we'll find out on opening night. I think Portland, a team that might not be good defensively, they were awful defensively last season. Granted, they're a different team now. But I hope that playing against a, I don't want to jinx it, but a team that we're supposed to beat, hopefully Norman Powell will have a good game and get some confidence. I was hoping this would be the game that that happened, but it is preseason. However, he missed some easy ones. One for three from deep. He looked a little better, four for 13 overall. But a lot of little chippies, floaters, layups that he was missing. But I have full confidence that those will go in at the start of the season. Or like when this, eventually, eventually they will go in. I hope it doesn't take too long. I don't think it will. But going to the rim, those little floaters, runners with the left hand when he's right at the basket. I think those will go in. But just look at the fact that teams are going to be sending him left all season long. They've already done it. So just pay attention to that. But Norm, I don't think he was great. I, again, I don't think he's had a very good preseason. 10 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist on 4 for 13 shooting and 1 for 3 from deep. But I still believe in Norm in that 6-man role. I think a lot of Clipper fans are being harsh on him because of the hardened rumors and the contract that he's on and the preseason. But be patient. This is a guy that was arguably our most consistent player outside of Kawhi last season. Before he hurt his shoulder, he really was. And I had people in this channel's comment section telling me that he was better than Paul George, which was insane. But Bones Highland, it's just, I got to keep talking about him because he was so good. 25 points, 7 rebounds. He was active defensively and crashing the glass. 6 assists, obviously a team high. And 2 steals. And insanely efficient. The free throws, though. A little questionable. Five for eight. You definitely expect a shooter of his caliber to do better there. But 10 for 15 from the field in 24 minutes. And my heart just absolutely stopped when I saw him. And he was coming my way because I'm behind the basket this season. Coming my way. And I think it was a jump pass. 
And he just, I saw him struggle to get up. And all of a sudden, my heart just sank. And I was like, here we go again. But, ugh. He was helped off the floor, which made me really nervous. And the first thing I was thinking, besides how long is he out, was, is this going to make the front office, you know, green light? for the James Harden move because we're going to be down a ball handler, a point guard. But that's not necessarily the case in my opinion because we do have options, whether it be Point Terrence coming off the bench or whoever we stagger between Kawhi and Paul. When Russ is not in, they can handle the ball a bit. It's obviously not what we want long term, but we can do it for a couple of weeks. And thankfully, my first thought when he went down like that and was stretching the way he was was that it was a groin injury or something, and I was very fearful if it were. But thankfully, it was not. It was an ankle sprain, and I saw the replay on TV. It did not look good, but it is just an ankle sprain. And x-rays came back negative, and Andrew Greif and Law Murray, two of the beat writers, they seemed to think, from what they were hearing, that it may not be too serious, and we could still get bones as soon as opening night. Now, I wouldn't count on that particularly, and even if he has to rest on opening night, I don't mind it. I think we should still beat the Portland Trailblazers at home without Bones Highland. But it is a tough look. Coming up, though, what we're going to do about it and an overall summary of the postseason. Going to be talk the preseason. I keep saying postseason. Going to be talking about those coming up. I got to tell you a little something about the Jace case. The Jace case is your go-to for having big-time antibiotics that can help you in any situation because you may not be prepared at all times. But with the Jace case, you will be prepared. There is so much going on right now in the world that it is just unpredictable when you could be in trouble, when you can feel under the weather, and when you're going to need emergency medication. And that's what the Jace case brings you. A personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case so you don't have so you can have medication that's specific to you. You don't need doxycycline highclate. Well, then you can get whatever you need. Jace Medical now offers customizability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs. Buy a gift card for family or your loved ones so that they can get a Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at jsemedical.com. All right, so before we summarize the preseason, let's just talk about what it means. What what really hurts is that Bones was probably the highlight of our preseason. He was so electric, showing that he could defend better on the ball, showing that, yeah, I got stronger and I'm going to show it, showing that he is the backup point guard and that he's going to be a big positive to this team, and he is going to keep improving. The kid is 23. It seems like people have already come to the conclusion that because he hasn't been a great defender so far in his career, or even a good one, that he's guaranteed to be a bad defender for the rest of his career. Just because he's 6'3 and skinny, and is one of those players that is an energizer, offensive highlight guy, and those 
prototypical players or the prototype of that player, those guys usually aren't known for their defense. Guys like Jamal Crawford, of course, one of my all-time favorite Clippers. But who's to say Bones won't improve on that end? And you know what? I'm seeing it already. But we won't really know till the season starts. As far as my prediction for Bones Highland's injury and how long he's going to be out, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I haven't seen anything of it. But I would think at most like three weeks. At most. And that's not the worst thing in the world. It obviously sucks because he was playing so well. And I'm look- I was so looking forward to him starting the season on such a high confidence-wise. But now we, we are forced to deal with the fact that we might not have busy for the start of the season. And again, another reason I want to reiterate why I don't want Harden. Harden comes, and then Russ and Harden are being staggered. And then Bones gets, what, two to three maybe one to two pick and roll reps per shift, gets his minutes reduced, plays off ball a lot, which seeing his three-point shooting so far doesn't make me more encouraged that he's going to be great off the ball. Yes, he'll probably get some more open threes, and I think he can be decent at it, but we're seeing his strengths right now are coming with the ball in his hands. He's a much better passion than we realized when we traded for him, and he's such a good ball handler that you want him with the ball. It's just his decision-making and his efficiency. I care less about the efficiency. It's about the decision-making. If you are missing shots but you're taking the right ones that cause the defense to respect you, then it doesn't matter to me because you will reward it in different ways. Defense and just making the right reads, that's what's going to be the big key for Busy. And in terms of the right reads, I'm seeing that big time in the preseason. But it's just unfortunate because he was playing so well. But what do we do? Well, here's the solution. We're going to start Russ, Kawhi, Paul, and Zoo with either Roko or Terrence. I'm feeling very confident that because of the preseason minutes that have been given to Terrence and Roko relative to Nico. So for an example in this one, Nico only played eight minutes. Had a donut, two shots, they were both threes, and he missed them both. The only other stat that he accounted for or clocked in at, one foul, one steal. That doesn't seem like someone that's going to be the starting power forward. Uh, in a week's time. Robert Covington played 24 minutes. And again, I absolutely love what I've seen from Robert Covington in the preseason. He has been everything that the free Rocco crowd has been preaching that he's going to be. His length on defense is fantastic. He shrinks the floor, literally. He will take away passing angles that you think are there, but they're really not. The way he can cover ground and close out is fantastic. Help side defense around the rim. He can bring the fastest hands in the West, as Brian Seaman likes to say, and good on the break. Seven points, four rebounds, and a steal for Rocco. He should have had another strip that was not counted counted for him because they called a foul. Jokic, I mean, it was he was awesome to watch. What's crazy about Jokic is he had 25 points. And I didn't even 25 points, 14 rebounds, and eight assists. And it didn't even feel like that at all. He did that in 28 minutes on 60% shooting, nine for 15, and 50% from three, three for six. And it's just, it felt like a walk in the park for him. I mean, that's just insane. Best player in the world. Jamal Murray, though, speaking of Bones Highland and his defense, he was guarding his former teammate, Jamal Murray, a lot. And I thought he did a really good job doing defending him getting really physical getting right into his body chest out 
I mean, very impressed with the fight that Bones Highland's shown in the preseason. And Jamal Murray was only 3 for 11 from the field and 1 for 6 from deep. 8 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists. Of course, the Nuggets offense is so good. You're still going to get Jamal Murray and Jokic creating shots for others. Their movement without the ball is amazing. But I thought our communication defensively, considering who we were playing against, was actually pretty decent. And we also had our bench players in. So more power to our guys. I thought, again, the effort was really solid from the whole team throughout this preseason. So the defensive intensity from preseason was awesome. Absolutely awesome. I keep forgetting the solution, though, before I get into preseason. The or summary of the preseason. My solution to the Bone Talent thing. So we're going to be starting Russ, Kawhi, PG, and Zoo. The fifth starter is going to be either Terrence or Rocco. Let's say it's Rocco. We can run point Terrence off the bench. And I think because of this injury, it's going to encourage Ty Lue even more so to start Rocco. He's looked great in preseason. Looks good on the break. I think he's going to be a part of defense leading to offense a lot. And hopefully he can shoot the three ball well. In this game, Rocco from three was one for two. So we'll take 50% all day. But Terrence off the bench. He'll be joined by Norm. And then one of Paul George or Kawhi will always be in. And then you'll have Nico, KJ, and Mason. So right there, you have five bench players with Terrence, Norm, KJ, Nico, and Mason. And you'll have one of them staggered, Kawhi or Paul. So you'll have 10-man rotation, but you'll always have one of the stars in. I think that will be fine. How many bad defenders do you really have in that lineup? I'll let you guys decide in the comments. But let's talk about some other performances in this one and for the preseason in general. Terrence Mann played 25 minutes, 10 points, 3 rebounds, 2 steals, a couple of hustle plays. Again, Terrence Mann is such a guy that you cannot take his stat sheet as, you know, his impact. He will do so many little things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Dive for a loose ball. Sprint down the floor with his teammates, unlike some other players in the team. So he can be in that deep corner that Ty Lue's emphasized that their trans- our transition offense has to be better with. Sprinting to that deep corner so you can space the floor out properly when you have a ball handler coming down the middle of the floor on, a, on the break. He was doing that. He just was fighting on defense. You know what you're going to get from Terrence, and that's why you love him. That's why he is Mr. Untouchable. You know what you're getting. He's a perfect guy around other stars. Now, if people think he's going to be a guy that creates his own shot and all that, that's not who Terrence is. He doesn't really have that much wiggle to his game. He has a step back, but besides that, he doesn't really have any counters at the NBA level. If, he, if his drive gets cut off, he kind of stops his dribble or he shoots the pull-up. He doesn't have a real counter. You saw the step back at times throughout his career, but it's not super consistent. One thing I'll say about T, though, is this mid-range, his little 10-footer, even the short mid-range, you can say, has looked really solid in the preseason. He has that little fade, hangs in the air, and it seems like he's putting a lot of work with that shot. And let me tell you, if Terrence can just have a more consistent mid-range, consistent, it's going to open up his game a lot, whether teams run him off the line or he's actually handling the ball in pick and roll, which he might have to do a little bit more with Bones Highland out, depending on how long he's out. So overall with Terrence, I like what I'm seeing. Obviously, he can be better shooting the ball from three. He was only one for four in this game, but I think that will come. 10 points, three boards, two steals for T, three for eight from the field, one for four from deep, three for four from the line. 
I already talked about Norman Powell's stat line. If it's a Zubats, he was okay. He had to play against Jokic a lot. I thought his rim protection was really solid yet again. Offensively, though, you want to see him finish more of those push shots, those jump hooks. But Zubats, I thought, was solid defensively and on the glass. Five points, ten rebounds, two assists. But he needs to finish those push shots. They're going to be there all season. He's going to get those dump-offs. A lot of times they're really open or a very light contest from someone shorter than him. Two for seven for the shots that he takes. It's not going to cut it. He needs to be better than that. Speaking of our centers, though, Mason Plumley. I think with our second unit, he's going to be great because his passing is so good. You put him at the high post and you have more guys that move without the ball. And again, there was one time where Bones even cut without the ball. Is James Harden going to do that? I don't think so. But I'm obviously clowning a little bit with the Harden stuff. But he doesn't actually move without the ball. But Bones Highland, great cut. We've seen that twice with Mason Plumley in this preseason. So one thing you're seeing when Plumley's in, more movement in the offense. Him being at the high post, because he's a better decision maker there than Zoo. Zoo looks a little nervous and frazzled in the high post when teams pressure him. And that partially comes from him not really being able to handle the ball like Mason. Teams can pressure Mason, and then sometimes he can put the ball on the floor and just get by you if you get too close. So teams are going to sag off, and Mace, I think he does a good job of keeping his head up, and you're going to see guys like Terrence, like Rocco, like Norm who loves to curl, and even Bones who's shown that he has some off-ball chops in his game. You're going to see Mason Plumley have guys cutting all season long, and you're going to see more movement in that second unit with Plumley at, at the high post than the first unit. And I think... It's more suited for Plumlee to be in that second unit. Of course, everybody likes the possibilities of him playing with Russ. But I think the first unit isn't going to need that much movement. When you have Kawhi and Paul George and Westbrook, you're going to be able to create shots. You have our two best isolation players on the team there. The second unit, your your best scorer is really Norman Powell. Of course, I said you're going to have one of the big, you know, the 2-1-3 duo in at all times. But you're going to need, especially in games that they miss, because they're not going to play every single game, you're going to need anything to help create good shots. And movement always helps when you have guys that will do it and a guy that can pass from the, you know, over the top of the defense like Mason Plumlee, you can put at the high post. So I loved what I saw from Plumlee today. His activity was good. His rim protection was also good. Had an emphatic block. His stat line was six points, seven boards, two assists, one steal, and two blocks, four turnovers. Got to keep that number down. But overall, two for three from the field. Really solid night for Mason. Good to have him back after he missed the game on Tuesday. And then, last but not least, K.J. Martin. I thought he had his best game of the preseason. He had a rocky preseason, in my opinion. Just a little bit nervous he looked. He was just kind of getting into the swing of things. Maybe not on the same page as other guys with his rotations defensively and offensively. I'm still trying to figure out what kind of player he really is. Doesn't seem to really have a jump shot, but having him in that dunker spot, especially playing alongside Mason, when you have Mason at the high post, that's probably another reason why you're going to have K.J. Martin playing with Mason, or should I say Mason at the high post, because you want K.J. Martin in that dunker spot and coming off of, you know, back screens and things of that nature where you can get our highest flying guy cut into the basket and Mason being able to see over the top of the defense, you might have some Mason to KJ lobs this season in the half court. So that's something to look for. But I thought he was getting more comfortable as the game went on, had a couple of dunks from other players feeding him right around the rim. 
I think one of them was Mason Plumlee, and some decent finishes around the basket with his left hand, where he seems pretty comfortable with his left hand around the basket, even though he's a right-handed player when he shoots his jumper from the outside. But only one three-point attempt for KJ, didn't hit it. Nine points, three rebounds, two assists, and a steal on four for eight shooting in 19 minutes. So we'll absolutely take that. Seems like he's getting more comfortable. I'm still very interested to see what kind of player KJ Martin really is. And I'm going to see that very soon when the games start to matter. And I'm so excited for the games to matter. But Clippers lose it 103-90. to Finish the preseason 2-2. Two and two. Again, I don't care about the results in preseason. I like what I saw. And the main thing is we got Kawhi, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook healthy going into opening night. Knock on wood. They don't get hurt at practice or anything. But sadly, we were still unable to leave without a casualty and that was bones highland who was our best player in the preseason probably amazing game for him in this one but get well soon bones we'll have you updated right here on locked on clippers whenever we hear the news and of course who will be that final starter for the clips i guess we'll find out maybe friday but you can follow me on twitter and instagram at dime dropper pod subscribe to my own youtube channel dime dropper for even more la clipper la sports and nba content be making all kinds of content this weekend previewing the season and locked on clippers free and available wherever you get your podcasts make sure you let me know anything about the game busy bones how badly you think his injury is going to affect us let me know everything and make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell because we are the only five-day-a-week Clipper podcast. You'll have it all covered here all season long. We are almost ready to go, baby. Season two for me doing this show. Season 19 as a Clipper fan. Season 40 in Los Angeles? Oh, my God. Why are we not talking about that more? It's season 40 in L.A. for the Clippers. We moved in 84. Sheesh. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers. Have a great, great weekend.